From Bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau make notes, collect reports, file recommendations, and generally survive on water that drips from the boiler pipe into their open mouths in the back room as they sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. One day, maybe, we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, the city is not going to improve itself. So, here we stay. Improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Oh, hello. Right, we should do attendance, eh? Okay. All right, uh, first attendee for uh, the meeting is Euchre Delpin. Nope. Euchre Delpin. Is this a variant of Euchre? Or is no, it was, somebody who's he, known for playing Euchre? Right on the second guess. Uh, Euchre Dalpin actually named himself Euchre because he he was a Euchre champion during the Great Depression years. He, uh, he Euchre them all. But uh, he came to ruin when, uh, when his, his, uh, his woman uh, betrayed him and left him hmm. for a uh, lefty Eucharist. Uh, the left-handed Euchre player. Oh, lefty Eucharist? Wow. Yeah. Not Eucharist, but Eucharist. Okay. That's what they call that's what they call like a champion a Eucharist. Really? Yeah, uh Eucharist helping is It's exciting that he was gonna be here. It was I uh, you know, I was I was really happy that he got our invite. But you know, he's probably too busy like a championship or being feasted upon by ghouls in the dreamland. I, I'm not sure. Um you know, you know what? I think I have actually mixed up the letters in the name. Uh-oh. So just hold on. I'll just... Um, oh, should be Paul R. Deshen. Oh, that's me. So oh, nice. I don't recall my middle name being anything starting with an R. Yeah, but I mean, otherwise, uh, I would have to be talking about Yushta. So Okay. So, yep. you know, I don't, I don't even know what that would be. That would be... It wouldn't be funny. There'd be no joke in that name. That anagram. Yep. So... Uh, uh, okay, second. So you're here. Our second attendee is a Roman naiad. A Roman naiad. Yeah, a genuine Roman naiad. They're, That's exciting. You usually think of them as being Greek, but uh, nope. This one, uh, this one is Roman. She just was traveling. She's on a Roman vacation and decided to stay. That's exactly it. She yep. said, "I like the, I like the trees here in Rome." She said, "I think I'll." Uh, I think I think I'll uh, be the spirit of one of those one nice. of those bad boys. Yeah, uh, that was that. So yeah, um, and yeah, unfortunately, I don't I don't see a Roman naiad here at Sad. all, or any kind of naiad, friend, or yeah. a dryad, or a hamadryad. Uh, sorry, no oriads. Um, nope, no, none of them. Uh, nor anything from mythology or uh, our source of modern mythology, the Monster Manual. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no closets, no beholders. God damn it. <laughs> no, not a number Hulk in sight. Uh, so, oh, hold on. You know what? I, uh, sorry, it's a little embarrassing. I have mixed up the letters. Oh, um, man. Should we Aiden Moran? <laughs> uh, Aiden Moran, no. Uh, yeah. You're, Which is, you're, you lost a G there, dude. Really? Okay, so no. I should be, am I uh, Aiden Moran? Mm-hmm. Aiden Moran? Yep, Aiden Morang. Aiden Morang, that's my name. Uh, I will. I will be. I'll have to go to apply for a, a new identity. You know, tomorrow. Where do we have quorum? We do not. Uh, okay, so 
I guess uh, in that case, we should uh, start the meeting. And first up, I, I guess, is cop plane. <laughs> yeah. So the police budget is going to be debated in a few weeks. And uh, the police want a plane. They want a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we'll get into this in more detail when the budget comes. But uh, yeah, the police have asked for the money to get a plane. Uh, apparently, Saskatoon has had a plane for years. Aiden. Yep. Yes, and they have. Regina police have been stewing in envy for like mm-hmm. a decade, planeless. Mm-hmm. And they're yes. like, this is it. The middle of a pandemic when everybody is like concerned about inflation. Uh, is when we're going to ask for an airplane. Good old, good old aerial, some aerial reconnaissance uh, to assist the police in their policing business. The, the plane apparently is a Cessna. Yeah. Well, that's what they have in um, in Saskatoon. So presumably, and uh, there was an interview on CBC uh, recently where they spoke with a uh, the sergeant in charge of the aerial. What do they call it? The aerial unit in Saskatoon? Yep, I believe so. Yep. And he said, biggest return on investment bang for buck, that it was uh, it will, like be a game changer for Regina to get this airplane. And, and also said there was like night and day, the difference between like, like trying to fight crime on the ground and trying to fight crime from the air. Yeah. I, I have some like, I love a good Batman comic. Of course. Like anybody, but I'm not going to base my my policing around the idea that you need more and better, uh, more and better like equipment and vehicles to do your policing in. Uh, the reason Batman has those things is so that he has like lots of action figures. And I could see, you know, if Regina police were going to come out with a line of action figures, they'd want to have the Regina police service plane so that, you know, that you could buy the, the uh, deluxe set of, of that. Um, but then I'd also want them to have, you know, like their, their Regina police service, like, uh, white winter suit, their costume mm-hmm. for the winter and, uh, their, their costume for fighting in space, rocket mm-hmm. ships. Um, where does it end? I, I, I know. I, that's, that's, that's what I'd like to, um, what if, what if they say, Hey, we need a base on Mars to like be able to like really sort of get a real sort of broad picture of what's going on in the city. Yeah. And maybe a laser to, to pinpoint criminals. I, I'm not sure. I love how they're calling it the eye in the sky. Yeah. Like, that's not ominous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, here's, here's my problem with, okay. with this whole thing. Uh, so let's say you're, you're a member of the Regina police services, aerial unit, uh, or sow, uh, okay. as, as they, I suppose are going to call it. Um, and you see like a crime in progress down on the ground. Do you just leap out of the plane right then and there and just say, well, I guess it's the plane's problem now, wherever, wherever it goes, I guess that's the air's problem. Or do you find like a landing strip and land the plane and then maybe say to the criminal, like, or the suspect along the way, Hey, you meet me at the following coordinates so I can arrest you. Yeah, they they did not really think this through, is what I'm saying. Yeah, Um, in my experience, 
and it's very limited. Assessments don't have the best turning radius. So their argument for getting this is that it'll be great because they won't have to chase cars with other cars anymore. And so they'd be able to like follow a car to where it goes, but the car would like, you know, pull into its hideout and the airplane would just like keep on going and, you know, gently turn. (laughs) We, yeah, we saw him stop. It's all yours, boys. And they went into a parking lot, perhaps underground parking. We're we're stumped. Yeah. See, planes planes just don't work. Yeah. So I was gonna say, according to physics, it's actually impossible for planes to fly. I read but, that in an anti vaccine uh, forum actually. Exactly. So I think it's because the uh all the physics for plane flight is based off like the that the false the falsehood of the round earth of the globe mm-hmm. and because it's actually flat none of those physics work anymore so planes can't actually fly it's just i think they're like maybe projected i like they're just like illusions i'm not sure i mean actually the earth is shaped like a plane wing oh right it has that same like from the side side oh. on it has that same profile and that's why we always feel like we're going up oh i see okay i was wondering like i've been on planes and you look out the window and you can see a plane wing is that actually the Earth that we're looking at? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's real science, Aiden. Huh. Because I always thought it was just like a big show. They would like, they'd put you on like this, like stationary object. And then, well, not stationary, but it, it couldn't fly because as we've established, not possible. And then they would like run like a film strip to make you like, when you look out the windows. Yeah. Uh, but really, it just went very fast along the ground. I think there's some of that. Yeah. So, and I, I, I worry, I don't know if the police are in on it or whether they're dupes and they're spending all this money on a plane and they, they don't know. It's hard to say. It is. It is hard to say. I think they're going to get their plane. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to get their plane. <laughs> That's, come on. It's, it's Regina. When the cops say yeah. we would like, you know, we would like, you know, tanks. Yeah, tanks that shoot bees. They'll say, "Ah, oh, yeah, how many bees do you want per <laughs> tank?" But that's all there is to it. Uh, it's kind of frustrating because we've got this community wellness plan that's coming out that talks a lot about harm reduction and root causes of crime and you know ad- addiction support. Mm-hmm. And uh, this needs money. And uh, um, I guess I'm sort of kind of gently segueing into our next topic, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we don't know if it's going to get that money, if it's going to get the kind of support that it needs for this community wellness plan. And there's already been like some concerns raised about the uh, money that's going to be invested into it. Meanwhile, this plane, there seems to be a lot of people carrying water for why the police need a plane. Uh, we're told that cities of our size all have planes. And, oh, really? Oh, yeah, Saskatoon has it. Any city our size has an air, air unit. And, you know, I don't know, like... We're going through this situation where uh, we can't get enough people vaccinated in this province so that we can end this nightmare of a pandemic because there are people who are literally concerned that the government is sticking surveillance chips in the vaccine and injecting it into our skin. And here we have the police asking for like a surveillance vessel that will patrol the sky all day and night. And I don't see the, the the hordes descending on city hall to protest this that I saw for the vaccine. I hope that uh, the, that at least the anti-vaxxers will do some good and try to put the kibosh on this as well. But who knows, who knows what, what motivates them to get out of bed in the morning. 
Well, clearly it's not the threat of over-policing at the cost of community health. It's yeah. more the, the, the fantasy of, of defiance. Uh, yeah. By saying, you can't, you can't put chemicals into me, big, big government. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're, anyway. on, yeah, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Uh, it's all crap. It's all crap out there. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about just before we move on from planes, yeah. before we segue from planes, why not segue? Uh, I was thinking, and I have my idea, and I've had this idea many times. In, in different contexts, but sort of uh, put police in um, trebuchets. And just fling them over the city? Yeah, and they can, I mean, they can take cameras and photograph uh, what's down there, or they can, uh, they're very good at taking notes. In police and taking, or uh, police forces taking notes, uh, they're, they're trained in, in good note-taking. So I have no doubt that uh, your average uh, you know, police person, why, why can't I that, that is not the gender neutral term for a woman. But my I brain think is. I think it's. <laughs> the, the, uh, no, I will cut that. I believe it is police officers. <laughs> police officers. Thank you. My yeah. Okay. Yes. Police officers can uh, quite, quite easily take detailed notes about the crimes they see uh, being committed. And when they land, they can go to the nearest payphone and, or, you know, use their police radio. Yeah. With our police boxes, with the police boxes. Yes, I would. I would like. I would like our police forces not to have planes, but to have the most absurd mix of archaic technologies in the service of fighting crime and supporting the community. Actually, if they got TARDIS is disguised as police boxes, then they could just. If there's a police chase that breaks out, they could go back in time before the criminal even gets Ooh. into their car and stop the police chase before it even happens. Oh, cool. That'll be like a minority report. Yeah. Although, you know, I think you should wait until they've committed a crime and are trying to flee. I agree. And then catch them before they flee. Uh, yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a more ethical uh, version. of. Yeah. I like this. This could be a good TV show. I agree. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think instead of being stuck in the basement of city hall, we should be running a TV show about um, time police. We could call it officer who? <laughs> Anyways, anyways, so, um, we're running long. I think I'm going to be cutting some stuff. That's but, all right. Uh, the uh, the other thing that happened last week, uh, apart from the budget being released, and we find out that uh, the cops want a plane, uh, we had two very freaking peculiar back to back council meetings on the 24th and the 25th. The 24th was a regular council meeting. The 25th was a special council meeting called specifically to deal with the community safety and wellness plan that or yeah plan that had been uh put together we talked about this in our last meeting it had been put together by the community wellness and uh, safety committee um partway through the november 24th meeting councillor stadnachuk uh, was introducing the council uh the council schedule for 2022 this is a freaking like What's the word when you're just doing something every year that's just routine? It's just a freaking routine thing that we do every year. They set the schedule. A formality. A formality. Thank you. And they set this every year. It takes no time at all. This time around, they decided to um, pass a whole bunch of changes to the procedure bylaw uh, through the course of this. And um, it was 
presented at the beginning of counselor at, at the beginning of this report as a motion, a three page motion that uh, council was like putting on the floor of council during this meeting. I actually had stepped away from the meeting for a few seconds to deal with functions that need to be dealt with uh, when you've been sitting somewhere for like three hours. And when I came back, I had missed the fact that this motion had been introduced. So I had my little report about what was happening at the meeting and what was going on with the uh, counselor uh, schedule. And the stuff they were talking about had made no sense to me because it had nothing to do with what was in the council agenda. They were talking about, they were getting rid of the community wellness and safety committee. They were getting rid of the operations committee. They were getting rid of delegations at city council and people would only be able to speak at executive committee. An executive committee would now have like taken up all of the duties of executive, of uh, community wellness and operations. None of this made any sense to me. And I was actually like, I downloaded a new copy of the council report for that day and was going through it with my finger to figure out where this insane stuff was coming from. And it wasn't until after the meeting was over that I found out that this three-page motion had been hashed out in a private meeting between executive committee and council and was introduced onto the floor without, as far as I knew, any public notice that this was going to be happening. So there was no way that people could have come to speak against or for it uh, at council. So there were no delegations on it because nobody knew it was going to happen. Um, in the second half, I have an interview with Councillor Hawkins that I did uh, just a little while ago, actually, from when we're recording this. And uh, I asked him about this, how this happened. Now, he was adamant that that motion had been posted and circulated publicly. I actually had to show him the council agendas that I was looking at and say, see, it, it's not here. And, you know, he concedes that's a problem. So I have a call into the clerk's office to find out if there was like a mistake that's mm -hmm. happened. Uh, I have like some audio here that I wanted to play. This is counselor, counselor. This is Mayor Masters. And uh, I asked her about this uh, in a written question that I sent in to the scrum after the council meeting. And uh, this was her response to my question about, was this the first time that this, uh, this was the council, the first time this motion had been revealed publicly? Do you want us to read it? Um, Three-page motion about the council schedule and how delegations will only be speaking at executive committee was passed today. Did I get that right? Yes. That wasn't in my agenda package. Was the motion circulated? Did I miss it? Um, I believe the, uh, I'm actually not sure about this in terms of the motion that was, I think the original motion that was uh, tabled at executive um, was uh, rescinded and a notice of motion read out. And so the three pages that were there, uh, there was some discussion um, about the idea that in an effort not to hear delegations twice. Um, they will have the option of submitting in writing for council meetings, but that notion that council is where the decisions are made, executive is where the debate is made, and then the seven days in between, there can still be written submissions from delegations for council consideration. And in addition, there is, uh, within the three-page document, there is some built-in flexibility. If council feels that any delegate is vitally important to be heard at council or perhaps got missed at executive, um, 
I think the idea that 13 days prior to any meeting now, the count, the packages will come out, will allow the public ample time to respond in order to appear before executive. Uh, that is the intention. There is also the proviso from a procedural perspective that public readings of bylaws have to be open to the public. And so public readings of bylaws will occur at the beginning of council sessions. If any delegations was to speak to those motions, that's when it would occur. I actually can't speak to that because uh, it was circulated to council, so I'm not sure if it was within my package. I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure of the answer to that, Paul. Okay. But I will get you an answer. We'll send you the message in terms of when that happened. Okay. So you can actually hear me furiously typing up my follow-up question there. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next morning, uh, the Mayor Masters uh, appeared on CBC's Morning Edition and uh, was interviewed by Stephanie Langenegger, uh, asked a similar question. Why was there no pub- was there a public discussion on this? Uh, Mayor Masters responded, there was no public debate on it. It hit the committee structure. Uh, sorry, it hit the committee schedule for 2022, was before executive committee and then was uh, pushed and uh, because of the length of the discussion, so we had a workshop, which was a recommendation, I believe, of Councillor Stadnichuk. How's the view from under the bus, Councillor Stadnichuk? We had a little, <laughs> we had a little bit of a workshop to determine how this would work. There were going to be a number of amendments coming forward, so it hadn't actually occurred. But as always, the public can reach out to the city and give feedback. We look at this every year, and there's nothing saying we can't change it. If there's a public outcry about it, it absolutely can be reviewed again. So neither of these stories match. Um, in the first case, after the meeting, she said that it had the original recommendations that had been passed to the executive committee were rescinded and a notice of motion was read out. I have found no record of that in the minutes of any meetings after executive committee before council. And this idea that the, uh, the executive committee meeting was going along and they tabled the committee structure and the uh, council schedule. Again, that doesn't match the minutes for that executive committee meeting or the actual video of that meeting where they voted on a series of recommendations and passed the, com- the committee structure and council schedule for 2022 at that meeting. And it was supposed to go on to council. And the report that was in our hands at that council meeting reflected what happened at that executive committee meeting. So this motion just kind of got lost. And mm. Councillor Hawkins was convinced that everybody had seen it, but I can find no evidence that it was anywhere for anybody to see. And the lack of delegations on this sort of speaks to the fact that it was it was never released to the public, and everybody's kind of caught off guard by it. Hmm. So, yeah, that doesn't sound like it's going to be a very popular. Well, unfortunately, I'm worried. Like, I'm worried this is one of these like arcane procedural things that nobody gives a crap about. It might be like <laughs> me, Florence Stratton and a couple other people who will like pay any attention to this because there is one opportunity for people to like speak against this or for it. Uh, December 8th, because this changes the procedure bylaw. People can come to the December 8th council meeting and speak against the bylaw or for the bylaw. Um, right. It's kind of like your last kick at the can. Uh, Hardly, like in my time studying council, there's 
only been a few times where people have spoken at the bylaw stage, just like a handful of times, and it has never resulted in a change of the bylaw. So this is really a Hail Mary pass if you're going to this December 8th council meeting. But seeing as no discussion of this and there was no opportunity for discussion, this is it. December 8th is it if people want to like, if this outcry that Masters thinks might happen for something that was effectively passed secretly um, is going to happen. It's going to have to happen at December 8th. So. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's about it. There was also, so that happened on the 24th and on the 25th, the community wellness report that we talked about came forward. And this is like this broad plan to provide, um, to provide supports for the people in the city who need it the most. So there's uh, addiction supports and there's harm reduction supports are built into this thing. Uh, when it was about to be passed, Mayor Masters, uh, put forward a motion to table six out of the 10 recommendations in this uh, report, all of the, all of the spending effectively and all of the organizational mo- uh, items on the list. She asked to table them to a private meeting hmm. and that uh, this would then come back to the December 8th meeting for a final vote. And uh, we'll see if that report gets passed. So this is all just like very strange, very odd that this is going on, that we're getting Mm -hmm. procedural bylaw amendments getting hashed out in private workshops. And now we have the um, we have the wellness wellness plan getting hashed out in a private meeting. Uh, It doesn't I don't know. It doesn't fill me with optimism for where our council is going anymore. It's it's a bit of a surprise, I got to say so. Yeah. At the end of that, the end of that meeting on the wellness uh, committee, like that was a special meeting called to deal with that report. So any of these problems that the mayor has with those six items on the list should have been handled, should have been hashed out. They set aside a day for it. And instead of hashing it out in public, they're hashing it out in private. So when it came to the end, a very frustrated Councillor Stevens said in his final remarks as he closed debate that this was a waste of time. And uh, I think pretty much anybody who's watching that council meeting who wasn't the, one of the six councillors who voted to table this, I think they felt the same. So fair enough. So anyways, that's what happened. If people are outraged by either of these things, your last chance to speak on either the wellness plan or the bylaw for the procedures is December 8th. So that meeting's coming up in a few weeks here. No, it's coming up in a week here. Cool. So Yeah. Stay vigilant, Regina. <laughs> Keep there. watching. Be the yeah. eye in the sky. Okay, that's all I had. That's my rant. Good I rant. Needed, I had to subject you to it. I apologize. No, not but, at all. Fully enjoyed the rant. Well, maybe instead of innovative revenue tools, we can just segue directly into an interview with uh, Councilor Bob Hawkins. Sure. Let's let us do that. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. Here's our interview from November 30th with War 2 Councillor Bob Hawkins. I wanted to talk about... Well, to start with the November 24th council meeting, a decision was made to stop having delegations at council meetings and the wellness and ops committees were rolled into the work of executive committee. I want to get into the the substance of those decisions, but before I do, 
like these changes were made in a three page motion that was not as far as I can tell ever circulated publicly before they were on the floor of council. How did this happen? From where you uh, were they, they were circulated publicly before it got on the floor of council. They were part of the agenda for that council, for that meeting. Um, and anybody who looked at the agenda would have seen it. I, uh, so they were circulated. They were, they're online now uh, in the normal way. Uh, but how did it happen is a more interesting kind of question. Council, council, which is an expert in council procedure, so one thing council's expert in, council procedure, just started to notice that our meetings were getting longer and longer and longer. And we tried to fix that by starting them earlier and everything else. And they still got longer and longer and longer. And it was getting to the point where we couldn't do public business. We just couldn't keep up. So something had to change procedurally. This uh, was one possibility that was on the table. And uh, it looked like it was worth a try. And council said, as, it, as part of its yearly review of its procedures, we're going to try this out for a year. And that's, that's how it came about. Okay. Didn't it raise any alarm bells that, okay, so when council went from meeting at 5.30 to meeting at 1, this was like front page news. Uh, when council changed uh, delegations from being 10 minutes to five minutes, again, this huge outcry, were there no alarm bells that maybe people hadn't noticed that this change was coming when there were no delegations and no letters on the subject? Council was fully aware in making these changes that there would be pushback. I was the one that brought the motion way back five or six years ago now to move from 10 minutes to five minutes. In fact, Mm -hmm. the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. Uh, It was the right thing to do. People could say what they had to say in five minutes. Um, We knew there would be pushback to this set of changes. Uh, We knew that changes had to be made. Uh, We provided some safeguards uh, in that, although, for example, delegations are now going to be heard uh, at executive committee meetings, uh, if there is a matter that changes between executive and council, there's provision for council to reopen and ask for delegations. For example, if a surprising amendment came up, there's provision to take care of that. So we thought that this was worth a try. But there's another reason it was worth a try. This is the most democratic change that council has made in its procedures in my time. How so? For two reasons. The first reason is uh, what, what, what was one of the things that was happening was that um, uh, people were making delegations to committee meetings. And committee meetings included only five councillors at the most, sometimes fewer often fewer, in fact. And people, councillors who weren't on the committee said, we want to hear that. We want to know what's going on. Executive committee, and this is something that's been lost in the public debate, executive committee is a committee of all councillors. Really what it is, is this council by another name because the procedures are more relaxed, in fact. And so this is more democratic in the sense that if you're making a submission, you now know that every councillor's ears 
are going to be on that submission. And what was happening with delegations on council night was they were taking up all the time and all the oxygen. And then councillors were rushing to make decisions. And it just wasn't a very good process. So what we said was, let's take delegations seriously. Let's have them at executive committee when we have a chance to listen to them and they can see that all councillors are listening. And then when that's done, let's go away for a week. Consider as councillors what we've heard. We may get feedback from the press, which will now have to cut. Well, it doesn't have to cover anything, but which should now cover executive meetings. Let's listen to what's being said out there. And then let's deliberate in a calmer uh, forum in which we have time to really think about what we've heard. So that's why I say it's the most democratic change that we've made in my time on council. These changes, I believe, will make delegations and what they have to say will give them an opportunity to be taken more seriously. And the best is, if I'm wrong, every year we review the procedural bylaw and we'll go right back to the old ways or some other some other way that's more uh, that's more effective in terms of getting feedback from the public. Just on the subject of council then going away and discussing these things between executive and council, two things that I've seen in that discourse between executive and council and committee and council is that the press will report on something that happens at a committee meeting, uh, frequently executive, but more often than not our uh, planning commission. When that hits the press will be the first time that people are aware that this is happening at council or where people will think that, you know, a certain item that they're concerned about is going to go the way they want. And then they discover from the way that deliberations go at executive that, in fact, it's going in another direction. And then it's at council when they get their opportunity to make their case for something. The other thing that I've seen is that while you have duplication of delegations and some of the items that you guys have had over the last year, there's been a lot of sort of like exact duplication from committee to council. You have an evolution in the way that a delegation presents. The Chuka Boulevard uh, discussion is an example where the discussion that happened at Planning Commission, there was like a discussion that happened between RPC and council, between administration and the two main parties that were delegating on this. And that discussion then carried on in council. So you had, it, it wasn't just just repetition. It was like actual work was happening between administration, council and interested parties. It, it just seems that there's another way to look at how the relationship between committee and council works. It's not just, you know, debate at one and decision at the other. It's interesting that you use the planning commission as an example, because that's, that's a committee that's not being abolished. Right. That, yep. that committee will continue and the Chuka debate will be the same a year from now as it would have been then. Um, and there's a reason for that. Apart from the reason you point out is that, uh, Planning Commission as citizen representatives right on the commission. Yep. That's not true of other councils. On the other committees, um, one of the things was happening was that they were being very poorly, apart from, apart from not having all the councillors there, they were being very poorly covered. I mean, I sit on the wellness committee or in the ops committee and on the, um, on the, uh, on the ops committee and on the wellness committee, not covered. Um, I'm betting, we'll see if this works out, depends on the media, I'm betting that they will now cover executive committee in a much more intensive kind of way than uh, they've covered it before. What will that mean? It will mean that people who want to present 
uh, we want to be a delegation, will in fact look at what's on the agenda, will read, will come and make their point. The executive, the media will, 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 uh, put that point out there. There'll be feedback one way or another. People will phone their counselors. People will write letters to the editor. People will call Paul DeShane. He'll write a column. And we'll, and we'll take that into account. Um, the important thing is that people have a chance, a, a good opportunity to come to council, either in its executive state or in its decision-making state, They'll have a chance to come and tell all counselors what they think. And in fact, what they think doesn't change much from week to week. Take the Chuka Boulevard Boulevard example. All the issues were out on the table uh, from the time the RPC met. And the RPC requested another bit of information, which it got. But it didn't change the issues. It didn't change uh, what the delegations would have said particularly. It might have shaped the councillor's views, but again, council has a week to consider the feedback as a result of the committee meeting. Yeah, and if and if if there's if an emergent issue arises, if something no one had ever thought of comes up, uh, if something that didn't animate people to come out uh, to executive committee, uh, and councillors thought that was important, it could invite them to come to council. Is there a concern? Now, Community Wellness Committee, that was your idea, as far as I know. It was. The work that was coming out of Community Wellness, uh, we were talking about it literally last week on the radio and lauding the work that came out of that committee in the form of that Community Wellness Plan. So we recorded this the night before this decision to get rid of the Community Wellness Committee happened. And I talked about how it's exciting to see a committee that is devoted to this issue. And as a result, we're getting things like the community wellness plan come out of it. I didn't know if we would have had something like a community wellness plan if we didn't have a committee that was, you know, like monthly there considering that specific topic. And now we're getting this dilution of issues by moving, by, by folding community wellness into executive and not having like that topic being Stamp stamps these no erases on the schedule every month. I think that's your strongest point, and I just want to I just want to say this about how that the community wellness plan evolved. Um, it was thrashed through at a community wellness meeting. No one was there. No one paid any attention. And when it, the meeting was over, I said, "I'm really concerned about this." That we have, at least from a counselor's perspective, five counselors highly engaged in this. We've just heard from experts for two hours. We've just discussed it. And I think the other five counselors are not, that haven't heard this, need yep. to hear this. Yep. And we need to have a special council meeting, which is the first time I can remember us, well, I can remember one other time in which we've done that so that everybody can hear what was a fabulous presentation at the Community Wellness Committee that nobody heard but the people who were there. So we had a special council meeting to do the whole thing all over again. Under the new model, that meeting would have been an executive committee meeting. Will that focus on community wellness disappear? No. No, it won't. 
Uh, and if it does, uh, then the public should be in arms at, at its council. Um, there's two, well, there's more than two, but there's two big new focuses, and you know them, on this council. One was, uh, and we designed, deliberately designed the committee structure to take care of them. One was wellness and one was the environment. One was the sustainability thing. Um, they're not going to disappear in executive committee. In fact, so much are they in the minds of all councillors that they all want to hear every word that's spoken about them from the administration and then from the public. So no, I'm not worried the important stuff is going to disappear. The planning stuff won't disappear because of the uh, planning commission. And I don't think the financial or the development stuff will disappear. The budget process keeps that constantly in the, uh, in the public eye. But if there is something that comes up suddenly that looks like it's going to disappear, it can be pulled back uh, and ultimately go to council for for full hearing. But, you know, when those things happen, what was happening over the last few years is we'd say, well, yeah, COVID should go to, I don't know, the operations committee, but we don't want to send it there because all of council is going to be so widely engaged in this that everybody needs to hear it. So we kept shoving stuff off the agendas of the committees and onto the agenda of executive committee um, because it was so important. And this will this will avoid the need to have to do that. You're listening to our interview with Ward 2 Councillor Bob Hawkins on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned into the community. On the subject of community wellness, just before I forget to ask you about this, something similar happened the next day where the community wellness report came forward. There was a motion to move uh, like most of the report to a private session, and then a decision is going to be made on December 8th. You raised the alarm about that, and yet the motion passed. Um, I kind of want to know two things like... What is your thoughts on that now? And has that meeting happened? And if so, what happened in it? Uh, the, the meeting has not happened uh, yet. Um, and my, my thoughts are this. The critically important thing is that the wellness plan get passed and get passed with enthusiasm and excitement for the new opportunity, and with value for the community. And given where we are today, if it's necessary for a couple of amendments to be brought forward, I have no idea what they are, uh, then let's bring them forward. But let's get that uh, wellness plan passed. So I guess my advice to everybody is eye on the ball here. If we don't get it exactly right the first time around, we can fix it. I mean, the one thing I learned as a litigation lawyer, as a failing litigation lawyer, is it doesn't matter whether you get it right the first time, 100%. You can always fix it up. So my attitude towards the wellness plan is it's a great plan. I know that counselors support it. If there are a few details that need to be ironed out that couldn't be ironed out in that meeting for whatever reason, um, Okay, let's let's find out what they are. Let's get an amending motion. Let's put the amending motion to the test, and then, for heaven's sakes, let's pass the wellness uh, the wellness plan. 
in terms of the objection I raised, that's an old thing. I mean, I, I, I said right from the beginning that the public business should be done in public, and I believe that. Um, I was concerned uh, about, uh, about that. Uh, I'm satisfied that none of our obligation for transparency is going to be um, circumvented, that there will be a full debate at the next council meeting on the on whatever amendments need to come forward to the wellness plan. As I said, I don't know what they are, and we'll decide, but we'll move on. But I want people to pass that wellness plan. And I didn't want it to pass. I, 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 I'd be troubled if it passed on a six to five vote. It needs to pass with enthusiasm. So it's a messy way of getting there. I think we can still get there. I was unable to attend that meeting, but I did download it as soon as it was finished and watched the whole thing. And I went into it uh, expecting the debate that seems to be happening and the motions that will be emerging from this private session. This is what I was expecting from this special council meeting was that that discussion so that I would, so that I could see what the concerns were, what objections were being raised and, and I mean, why have a special yeah. meeting if you're not going to have that discussion? I mean, you, you know, when you're asking me to predict the future, I can't. Um, but I will say this. Uh, at any meeting that, this, that, that deals with this subject, there could be no emotions. There could be no vote taken. There could be no straw vote. Uh, there could be no pretense of making a decision. There could be no pretense of binding anybody to anything that's said. If that meeting takes place, um, uh, it, it, so uh, and given the nature of the independence of all of our councillors, especially on this council, uh, uh, you can bet your life if if there is an issue there on something, uh, it will be raised at council and debated and voted on at council. But no decisions, no decisions will be taken in private. Understood. Another thing that's been ra- that you raised and has been raised a lot is the amount of counselor, like the, the the hefty workload that council is facing. Yeah, you guys convened a special meeting that took up most of an afternoon. Uh, you've added another private meeting behind the scenes to your workload, and now the final discussion, potentially with delegations of this report, is going to be happening at the December eighth meeting, which already has a full agenda. I'm assuming and. Added on to that, the bylaw for the procedures is also going to be discussed at December 8. That's an opportunity for people to speak. This is like adding to your December 8 workload. And it seems that when when changes are being made to like make council's workload better by like reducing the number of times that a delegation can present, it seems that there's also like you know, two steps forward, one step back. If you're like adding extra meetings and adding and, you know, throwing things to future council meetings and discussing them over and over and over and over again. Um, why isn't that being dealt with? Well, I think it is being dealt with. I think you just, it, you just did it. You just, like, you just like lo- double loaded the December 8th meeting with all this. Absolutely. And you could have gone even further and reminded me that on December 15th, 16th, and 17th, we got three days to discuss the budget. <sighs> And the answer to your question is, um, one of the reasons it became apparent to councillors that procedures had to change 
was because we kept seeing ourselves getting into jams like this. She kept watching me make amendments and motions to adjourn just to draw the point for months. Arguably, though, the changes that you guys have made, um, when it comes to procedure, I'm a total like conservative. Like I, there's a bylaw and we follow it. Another thing that we've been seeing with council is with uh, tabling motions. And this happened on the December, uh, the, the November 25th meeting where the mayor moved a tabling motion and then there was a half hour of discussion. And this has become endemic to this council that tabling motions are the consistently being. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I meant uh, Regina City Council. This started under Fougere yeah, yeah. that yeah. tabling motions are being discussed. Is this going to be considered? I mean, when, when a tabling motion comes forward, you're not saying, oh, I want to do a tabling motion, but I want to hear what other people say. You're saying there is no reason to continue discussing because we need more information. Let's put this aside, come back to it later. later. The tabling motion is there to make meetings move better. And you're absolutely yet, right. we seem to have undermined that. You're absolutely right. And I'll give you another example where that happens. Motions to adjourn are not meant to be debated either. Yep. And we routinely discuss them. Yep. And... Um, I'd be more of your view. I'm pretty cautious when it comes to procedure myself. And I'd, I'd be more of your view that uh, we should follow the procedure. What has happened, though, it's a bit like the common law evolution law. Uh, the, the, the practice is now out ahead of the, out of the procedure. And the question really is, not yet asked, but should we not amend the procedure, but should we go back and remind ourselves that the procedure is there for a reason? You just gave the reason. And so you got to say, well, what would people say in that case? They'd say, well, um, the problem with a tabling motion or an adjournment motion is it cuts off debate. It stops debate. And it prevents counselors from having a say. And how could that be anything other than democratic? So what's really needed is a, is a debate about do we have, should the rule be tabling motion, no debate, uh, adjournment motion, no debate, or should the rule be uh, tabling motion, very limited debate, so everybody gets their oar in the water for one minute and then vote? That, so there, again, you're right to point out the absolute incoherence of what we're doing, but that, if we tried to correct it, that would lead to a debate and we'd find there was arguments on both sides. Isn't this though, than an argument for, and I mean, I don't want to suggest that we need to like saddle administration with yet another master report, but that there's clearly questions that need to be asked of how the procedure bylaw should work. And instead of making these decisions every year on the fly about how to like conduct council, yeah. that there should be a more considered process that involves an administration report and a look at other jurisdictions. I guess I guess, you know, it might not hurt to have a root and branch review of the procedural bylaw. But in the scheme of priorities, I'd rather deal first with uh, wellness, then with, um, then with uh, sustainability, environment, uh, then with economic development, and a rather arcane discussion about administrative law and procedure, which certainly appeals to me, and I, in fact, think is, well, it's not a crane arcade at all. It's how we make decisions. But I think that this is not the moment for that. And because we do look at procedure on an annual basis, it may be possible to make incremental changes to procedure to catch some of this stuff. 
I had something I wanted to end on, and this could be me making a complete fool of myself. Um, so I just pulled this up now. I'm not, I'm not ambushing you with this. During the debate of the procedure bylaw, I had read the report in advance. So I knew what had happened at executive committee and the decisions that had been made there. And I read the report, which I had downloaded on the Friday before the council meeting. So when you started talking about this motion, I actually stepped away from my computer for a few seconds. So I missed Councillor Stadnichuk introducing that there was this motion. So I came back to my desk and I was like, what the heck is going on? I haven't got a clue what's going on. So I started going through my copy of the report and I couldn't find in my council agenda. I could not find any reference to this motion. So I downloaded, I'm going to share my screen. Sorry, which motion are you talking about? Uh, The three page motion that got rid of the wellness and ops. Oh, okay. And uh, changed when delegations would happen. So I downloaded, this is the agenda that I downloaded during the council meeting. And I was scrambling through it, trying to find reference to this three-page motion. And what I found was the original report from executive committee. So that's this here. It has like reference to... It says All agenda uh, items, community wellness operations before the Thursday afternoon. And then down here, you've got the other options that were considered. And then here is the council calendar, which includes reference to operations and community wellness. So the agenda that I downloaded during the meeting while you guys were discussing it did not include that motion. So I was completely caught off guard and I could not find this motion in here anywhere. And then I went to, which one is this? It's the cover one, I think. Yeah. And this has the changes that were made during the executive committee meeting. It doesn't include anything about a motion. So when I say that the motion was not circulated before the meeting, all I can go by is my own experience that when I downloaded on Friday and then again on Wednesday, the motion was not there. Can you scroll up just the first page that I'm looking at now, the green page, November this one here? Give me, the, give me that. At this point, Councillor Hawkins and I go page by page through the public report on Council's 2022 schedule, searching for any evidence of the three-page motion that limits delegations to executive committee and does away with the two committees. We didn't find any. I think you're raising a fair point. Um, I'm going I'm to say two things. The first is everybody, for reasons I don't understand, everybody understood, everybody understood that Ops Committee and Committee Wellness Committee would go and be, they would all be rolled into Executive Committee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, why, and I, your, your point is, well, they sure they might have glimmered it darkly through a shady glass by reading this motion, but it's not at all clear. Yeah. Uh, and that's fair. Um, the only thing I could suggest to you is why don't you ask the clerk this question? Okay. Uh, so I, what I'm saying is we didn't have any, uh, we, there was no doubt on council about what we were doing. I mean, right. but you're saying, well, how does that fit with this motion? And, um, Fair question. So ask the clerk. Okay. Thanks. Hmm. That's it. That's all I had for you. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, I wish you all happiness in the season. Thanks a lot. Good evening. Yeah. 
You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau at 91.3 FM, CGTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. We are broadcast from uh, Thursday evenings, 7 to 8 p.m. Wow, my brain is uh, just flying out the window. And we broadcast Monday afternoons, 4 p.m. You can find us on Twitter at Queen City IB, also uh, queencityib.com and uh, cjtr.ca slash podcasts. Uh, coming up next, it's the Nerdcore Cabaret, and then it's music all on through the night. Keep on improving, Regina. Welcome to a Queen City Improvement Bureau, CODA. Since recording this episode, I've spoken with City Clerk Jim Nickel. He confirmed that the three-page motion to amend the procedure bylaw had not been posted in advance of the November 24th council meeting. And he said, this was not an error. The report to set council's calendar for 2022 had been considered at executive committee on November 3rd, as we've already discussed. It was lightly amended at that meeting, and it was supposed to go to council on November 10th, but it was bumped from the agenda because they ran out of time. That November 10th council meeting was the meeting Mayor Masters was referring to when she said a meeting had gone long. It wasn't the November 3rd executive committee meeting, it was the November 10th council meeting. And as that report on council's calendar from the November 3rd executive committee meeting was never discussed in the November 10th council meeting, there was no chance to amend it further. This means that the council calendar report that finally made it to council on November 24th was the report from the November 3rd Executive Committee meeting, and it reflected the amendments that had been made at that meeting. It didn't include anything that had happened since then, like that three-page motion to limit delegations to Executive Committee. That motion never had a chance to be read into the record, so that November 24th council meeting was the first time it was officially unveiled to the public. And this was all in order, because as the city clerk noted to me, any councillor can move any motion at any time during a meeting. So there you go. The motion to limit delegations to executive committee and to shutter the wellness and operations committees was not available to the public before the council meeting it was voted on and passed unanimously at. And that meant there was no way for the public to comment on it. Until December 8th, that is. As that three-page motion alters the procedure bylaw, the amended procedure bylaw will have to go through three readings and three votes at the December 8th council meeting. And when a bylaw is being read and voted on, the public gets one last kick at the can to speak for or against it. Historically, this happens very rarely, because when you get to the bylaw reading phase, council has already made its decision and the readings are more or less a formality. There have been a handful of times where I've witnessed someone speaking to a bylaw during the reading phase, but I have never seen such a delegation alter the outcome. In this case, though, eight delegations have signed up to speak against the changes to the procedure bylaw on December 8th. It will be very interesting to see if they make some history. We hope you enjoyed this Queen City Improvement Bureau CODA.